0: i mean that was brutal that was really rough i don't even have like an intro that's like that 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 just sucked to be honest so let's talk about it all today on locked on tigers you are locked on tigers your daily detroit tigers podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked on Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Monday, June 5th, 2023. Thank you so much for making Locked on Tigers your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team, Every day, this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who you can take on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Visit BetterHelp.com slash mlb today to get 10% off of your first month. All righty. Well, the Detroit Tigers get swept at the hands of the Chicago White Sox. Uh it That, that was brutal. That was really rough. Uh, we have a lot to talk about, especially in regards to the offensive product that is going to be on the field for the foreseeable future without Riley Green. Um, a lot depth is really coming into question, big time. Uh, I I don't want to be the like sky is falling, like you know everything's going to be absolutely awful the rest of the year person because it is still. You know, I'm recording this on June 4th. There's still a lot of baseball to be played. A lot of baseball to be played. Um, and and one of the beautiful things about baseball is that you can't be reactionary, right? You can't be too reactionary. And, and football, you have to. It's 16 games. Baseball is the opposite. It's so long, you can't. You can't look at one at-bat or one game even. Sometimes even one week. Sometimes a month, sometimes a whole season, right? Jared Kellenick happened. Like th- th- there's there's so many adjustments and small things that you can change and the sample size is just so large that you can't be so reactionary and, and, and all in, all out on a day-to-day basis. And I know that I, I struggle with that sometimes because I'm I'm uh, very dramatic, as some people <laughs> like to say, uh, and, and emotionally invested within this. Uh, but you, you have to, I I try really hard not to be too reactionary and take sample sizes for what they are and and really analyze the game from an objective perspective. Uh, But I'll be completely honest with you. I'm having a really hard time not looking at where the offense is right now, looking at the lineup that we trotted out there on Sunday, and thinking that is going to be anything but the worst offense in baseball the rest of the way. Um, And I know it's just one player they lost in Riley Green. uh, But this offense was close to the worst offense in baseball with Riley Green. Right. May was better than April, for sure. They dug themselves out of the bottom for a little bit there. But when they dug themselves out of the bottom, they went from 30 to 29 to 28, maybe as high as 27 at one point, and then just fell back down to 30 by the end of the month. And this weekend they scored three runs in three games. One of those runs, there was no RBI on the play. It was due to a pass ball against some White Sox pitching who, while certainly not awful and certainly has some talent, has not been setting the world on fire either. And when looking at let's – just, let's just hop right into it. When looking at the lineup that we did trot out there on Sunday, okay, it was Zach McKinstry, great. We love. We all love Zach McKinstry, right? Eight hundred eight OPS. Seven. Sorry, two seventy eight batting average. Beautiful. Okay, drawing walks. Competitive ABs. Love. Love what we're seeing out of Zach McKinstry lately. Had another hit in this ball game on a hundred mile an hour fastball. Great stuff. Two. Two twenty three average. Five eighty three. No power. Op- to speak of whatsoever. Javi Baez. Um, Javi had a particularly awful weekend this weekend. And I I know a lot of people have already spoken (laughs) their truth and and how they feel about Javi and whatnot. And uh, all of that is completely justified. He, and look, he'll inevitably go on like a two week long heater at some point. But if all of his heaters are two weeks long and they're once every couple of months, that is not even close to worth it. Not that everyone was like fooled and thought he's been worth it so far up to this point in his Tigers tenure. But just worth reiterating, he has been dreadful and has completely forgotten how to hit an extra base hit. He already has a career, just is not an OBP guy. But the one thing that justified it, the one thing that made it worthwhile was A, potential for good defense. B, at the plate, was the slugging percentage was always good. In a Tigers uniform, he has been the opposite of good in the slugging department. He has completely forgotten how to barrel up a baseball. And that has made all of the antics and the hot and the cold and the swinging up ball six feet out of the strike zone completely not worth it. Because at one point, he was a six-war player, and it was. And that just completely went out the window when he put on a Tigers uniform. Everyone's aware of that, though. Not telling you anything you don't know. Like you, Badu, that's three in this ballgame. Why? Because who else is going to bat three? Genuinely. Uh, we'll, we'll get to the rest of the lineup here in a second. Badu, 250 average, 728 OPS, okay? He's been around that mid-700s mark most of, well, since mid-May. Decent. He's been, he had a really good May period. And uh, yeah, well, that, that's fine. Spencer Dorgelson, bats 4, 234, average 683 OPS, is responsible for the only two runs in a home run that he hit, 400 foot homer. Uh, we'll talk about that at bat a little bit later. Um, and yeah, was responsible for the only runs on Sunday. Uh, OPS slowly creeping up, very slowly, creeping up to 700. Woo. Then the five through nine. Tyler Nevin, 118 average, 411 OPS. Nick Maton, 162 average, 590 OPS. Andy Abanez, 183 average, 520 OPS. Jake Rogers, 152 average, 622 OPS. And Jake Mariznik, 200 average, 400 OPS. It's a very small sample size, but his career numbers are about a mid 600s OPS which I guess would be the third best OPS in the lineup today, Sunday. But regardless, that is in your five through nine, that's four hitters with a sub 200 average. And that's four hitters with a sub 600 OPS. And if you throw Javi in there, who has a sub-600 OPS, but he's in the top part of the lineup. That is, over half of your lineup on Sunday had an OPS under 600. And almost half had a batting average under 200. So, again, trying not to be the skies falling, trying not to be too reactionary in a sport where you truly can't be. But I'm having a very hard time it's now June, looking at the bottom half of this lineup. And you're like, oh, well, that's just the lineup on Sunday. Jonathan Scope, really? Okay, next question. Eric Haas has really, really struggled this season. And the, the one benefit of the doubt I'll give Haas at least is that last year he was awful the first two months of the season and had an OPS over 800 in June, July, August, September. Going to need that badly. And if he doesn't give it soon, he's going to be in the same grouping with all the rest of these guys. Even the people, this is my my biggest point, is even the people that are very adamant and like, you know what? We really, I'm tired of seeing all these dudes get at bats. I I want them to call up all the kids. I want to call up uh, Justin Henry Malloy. I want to call up Cold Keith. I want to call up everybody. I'm not even sure the Tigers have enough good hitting prospects at the moment to even remotely fill truly all the holes on this team. That's how thin this offense got with one injury. One. And we said this a couple of weeks ago. We said this in the middle of May, right? Like, if, if you're A, if the bad part of the schedule feels the same as the good part, time for some self-reflection. And the White Sox are the second worst team you play in the entire month of June. And you just got swept. And B, if one player truly matters that much to your team, then you never had a chance anyway. Those are both quotes from this show back in May that are now ever so apparent on June 5th. Okay let's keep talking about depth I really want to hone in on that because there's some stuff on the pitching side we got to discuss too but first I want to tell y'all about our friends over at eBay motors because for a championship team it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit and it's the same when it comes to your vehicle truly let me get the eBay motors where is it there it is boom look at that fancy graphic. Uh, So the next time, the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to the My Garage and look for the green check to know if your part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when all the parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, at the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, everybody. Welcome back here. Segment two of Locked on Tigers. I appreciate y'all very, very much. I hope that I'm very clear about how much I appreciate y'all for tuning into this show every day, even when the team gets swept by... A bad Chicago White Sox team. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. I will never take that for granted, ever. Um, I'm I'm honored to be a part of your guys' day. Uh, And yeah, shout out to the everydayers that truly do make this show a part of their daily routine. Tomorrow, we'll be recapping game one of the Philadelphia Phillies series that uh we are going to Philadelphia for. Uh, so big road trip here, obviously three in Chicago now three in Philly we'll talk about that a little bit later. So we're talking about the offense. we're talking about how very, very paper thin it is at this point. And I, I think this is an overlying issue with the entire team and that's that depth is a massive problem. Again, one player should not make or break an entire offense and really, like again, we're we're still talking about even when Riley Green had a thousand OPS, this offense in terms of just scoring runs, they were drawing a lot of walks, they were getting on base, their OBP was high, but as far as just runs scored, this offense never got out of the gutter. Like they never dragged themselves out of the very bottom of the league at any point. So, I, it's it's. Very, very difficult to lose Green, and no one's going to replace him. That That's a, that's a franchise-caliber player, right? There's no one you're going to call up or sign or trade for. Well, trade for, I guess, is a little different. But there's no one handy that on June 5th you're just going to bring in that's going to replace the production of Riley Green. It's not possible. But when looking at, again, the entire bottom half of this lineup plus the players on the bench, you're not – talking about a lot of guys who even at the moment look like major league hitters and like i said before the break a lot of people are just like clamoring so so hard to to get some youth up here and get some call-ups happening i first off i don't want to burst a bubble i don't think it's happening anytime super soon um, I, I think that Cole Keith will probably see time in AAA before he sees time in the majors and Henry Malloy, uh, had a much, he struggled much more in May than he did. Uh, you know, he was crushing the ball in April. So we're going to, we're going to see, I, I don't think either of those big name guys are necessarily happening anytime soon. That being said, at some point, something has to give, Right. Like, I, I'm, I'm with it. Like, at, at some point, you can't. I, it's just, it's so hard for me to believe that I understand the minor leagues are there for development. I fully understand that. And I, I am more patient, I would say, with a lot of those call ups than a majority of people. But you, I, I just read you the numbers you started an entire lineup where the over half of the lineup had an ops under 600 and half of it had an o- had a batting average sub 200 I I I just I can't fathom that the solution here is to just sit on our hands and wait it out I can't and I, I don't want to ruin development. I don't. I don't want to rush somebody. I don't want development to be ruined for a lost season anyways. I, I really don't. But this goes back to a bigger issue at hand, and that is the Tigers have had next to zero luck developing players at the major league level for years. The last couple of years, we've been finally seeing a stone turn where we've been seeing players develop at the minor league level, which is a great starting point. But outside of one month of Riley Green, time and time again, we have seen players called up to the majors and then just completely struggle and then go back down and crush the baseball and then go back to the Tigers and really struggle. And it's time we finally address that. And I, whether it's a coaching staff, whether it's a development staff, whether it's an analytics staff, I look. It's, it's June of Harris's first year. I'm not. I'm not putting this completely on him. This is more of a frustration building of the last seven years thing. But depth is a huge issue. And. I just, I find it hard to believe that giving someone, even if it's one player, a chance at the major league level would be catastrophic to certainly not the Tigers or to that player. I think we we need to start having these discussions. It's June and not a whole lot has changed from the players we didn't expect a whole lot to change from. The scopes of the world, et cetera. How much longer can you just continue and if you don't want to call up a prospect, fine. Like that, that you're gonna piss people off. But like, at, at least find someone. Small trades. Do your, I don't know, your waiver wire thing. I don't know. But I, I refuse to believe that just continuing to send out the same exact product day in and day out is the solution to, to this issue. I refuse to believe that. And on the pitching side of things, you obviously have a ton of depth problems as well. You don't have a fifth starter right now. Garrett Hill just got recalled from AAA. He has a ERA over four in AAA. He's been striking hitters out. They've been using him more as a reliever as ever since his stint at, at, at the start of the season with the Detroit Tigers. He had zero command with Detroit in his first stint to start off the year. Zero. Absolutely not. He did not last very long. You're not going to get legitimate innings out of Garrett Hill. It's not going to happen. It's a huge issue. It's a huge issue. There's no one waiting in the wings really across anything. There there are some decent pitchers down there in the minors that are doing things. But as a whole, offense, pitching, everything put in together – you don't have even close to enough reinforcements to fill all the holes you have on this team right now. Not even in any universe. Are you, I don't even think you have half the reinforcements needed to address all the problems this team has right now. So it's a huge issue. Huge. Okay. Uh, Let's get back to the play on the field for the series. Uh, It was again, not great, but, Some stuff I want to address for sure. We'll do that right after I tell you all about our friends over at BetterHelp because this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh, You know, I've been a huge advocate of therapy. I end every single show with going to therapy is dope for a reason. Uh, I've been going to therapy myself for I think it's five years now. I think this May was five years for me. uh, And I still am am very much an advocate for it and still attend five years later. uh, It's just, it's so easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you and never take a moment to think about what you need for yourself. And when you spend all your time giving, it can leave you feeling stretched out and burned out. Uh, And therapy can give you the tools that you need to find more balance in your life. So you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to fit your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. I know I've said it a million times, but I cannot stress how awesome and amazing of a feature that is. Being with the right person is so important to your journey within therapy and the fact that they do that free of charges uh, or no additional charges. Awesome. So find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash M L B to get 10% off of your first month of therapy. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash M L B. All right, everybody, welcome back here to the third and final segment of Locked on Tigers. Tigers get swept over the weekend. Offense was dreadful. We've covered that. Let's talk about the defense. You know, about a month into the season, month and a half into the season, uh, yeah, month and a couple of weeks into the season, uh, for a lot of the worst, worst, the first six weeks, that's Freudian slip there, uh, we talked actually a lot about how this defense had taken steps in the right direction. I thought that they were playing very well. Their defensive metrics were great. Uh, and I thought that, you know, one thing the, the, that far into the season, we had seen some hitters start to turn a corner. We had seen some some pitchers start to turn a corner, and the defense was playing well behind them. The last four week, uh three weeks, I want to say, the defense has absolutely fallen off a Mount Everest-sized cliff. It, and, and look, it's not like – in, you know, in three weeks, their defensive metrics just completely are now like the worst in all the baseball over the course of the full season, but they have gotten no better. The, the defensive numbers that, you know, the team outs above average and, and you know, the, the, the range stats and stuff that we were talking about back in, in like early mid may have gotten zero better. They have not improved whatsoever. And the reason for that is because the defense has been really bad lately. And, obviously Saturday's game was just a complete joke that like, that was literally a joke. Both teams should be beyond embarrassed. I I was talking to uh, one of my, my very good friends who writes at a site that I work for uh, that, that it's a white Sox fan. And he texted me and literally said, can that, they won?" and he said, can that game just not count? I think both teams should be so embarrassed that that game just shouldn't even really count, or it should be a loss for both squads. Um, that was three runs scored total on Saturday's game, zero RBIs. It's one of the the handful of times in the history of baseball that that's ever happened, where both teams have scored runs and none of the runs scored by either team were via an RBI. All three were either pass balls or wild pitches. Eric Haas, we've talked about it a lot, Um, but Jake Rogers is just – far and away the most valuable catcher in this entire organization right now. And he's not even hitting. And look, I, I, this is such a, a weird conversation to have. Um, I in general on a good baseball team on an even halfway decent offense, I don't need my catcher. I don't need to rely on my catcher for offense. I don't think people realize how insanely difficult it is to be a good defensive catcher, be a good game caller, handle a pitching staff. While all of the insane responsibility that comes with being a catcher at the major league level, you should never have to rely on offense from your catcher in a good lineup ever. And you see that across all of baseball. You have for the really the history of baseball catcher has, has always been the probably the least productive offensive outfit position for that exact reason. Now it gets highlighted to an extreme when your entire bottom half of the lineup all has bad. Hey, averages in the well, hundreds and you're like, Oh, here's another one. I get it. But Jake Rodgers at least brings that value behind the plate. He's an elite pitch framer. He's a great defensive catcher. He has a really good arm. Uh, he calls a great game. He he handles the pitching staff very well, et cetera. Eric Haas is currently not hitting for anything. Again, Jake Rogers isn't either, but Eric Haas is currently not hitting for anything. And on top of that is not giving you the great plus defense behind the dish. So Saturday was a disaster. And I'm not trying to say that it was all Eric Haas' fault either. He got crossed up on the last play of the game, the one that hit the umpire directly in the face. I hope he's doing okay, by the way. I've seen no update on him at the time of this recording. I know he was getting checked for concussion and whatnot. I hope he's chilling because that that's tough to take 94 to the dome uh, with no – I mean, a mask, but, like, no, nothing slowing it down. That's rough. Um, so, that, that, like, the offense, again, was absolutely awful. Uh, the, the staff as a whole didn't give up any RBIs. So, like, it wasn't like Eric House called this abysmal game or anything. I'm not saying he's the worst catcher on the face of the planet. But that game just highlighted all the things wrong with this team right now. Pitching-wise, defensive-wise, offensive-wise. Just perfectly in caps, probably for both teams. Because that was really an ugly game for the White Sox as well. Okay, pitching, this was the one-plus from the weekend. I thought the starting pitching was pretty fantastic all throughout uh, the bullpen was really until Alex Lang on Sunday was fantastic throughout really quick on Lang. I- I'm not going to lose sleep over it. He's been unbelievable. He's been one of the best relievers in the entire game of baseball all year. Uh, he had a, we actually, the way that we described him a lot last year was kind of how I would describe him in that game, right? If you listen to the show last year was constantly like his stuff might be too good. He has no clue where it's going. That was kind of how it felt. Just couldn't find the strike zone. Uh, and you know, this is the third time the white Sox has have faced Alex Lang in a week, a week and a half, maybe. Um, and if you look at the spray chart from the first two outings, just he didn't throw any strikes, but he has such nasty stuff that they were swinging and missing. I think the scouting report again, third time facing him was probably like, Hey, let's just take a boatload of pitches and hope something good happens. And that's exactly what happened. So uh i'm not losing sleep over it it's one outing he'll adjust they'll adjust again blah 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 i'm still he had an era of under one and a half going into the game whatever outside of that pretty solid all around Uh, again i guess maybe the jose cisnero just throwing the wrong pitch probably not great either uh but Starting pitching specifically, Michael Lorenzen shines again. He's never going to be a big swing and miss guy. Like, he's not going to ever have crazy high strikeout totals. But he has legitimate, uh, well, weak contact stuff, inducing weak contact stuff. But he's so effective at changing eye level. And we talked about that with Erod in in one of his last starts. But Michael Lorenzen did that incredibly well over the weekend. Uh, Just always keeping hitters off balance, and uh, just on their front foot a lot, all the weight on the front foot for a lot of the ball game, a lot of weak contact. Michael Lorenzen has been fantastic ever since. Really, his first two starts that were rough for the Tigers. Um, then we had Matthew Boyd on Sunday, fantastic. Why didn't he go out? Uh, why did he only go five innings? Uh, his numbers against offenses the third time through the lineup are just dreadful. Like. opponent batting average, like over 300 OPS is very, very high. Like everybody turns into an all-star basically the third time through the lineup uh, against Matthew Boyd at the present moment. So that is why, Uh, even though he had nine K's in five innings. uh, And uh, again, this offense wasn't really scoring anyway. The the final score was six to two for Sunday, but that was because the last swing was a grand slam was a sex sack fly. Then it's, it's, it's three to two, whatever. Uh, it, It was just this offense was doing nothing with anything all weekend. So, um, okay. Last, we'll, we'll end on on a, uh, well, I kind of want to talk about, you know what, The on the little itinerary here, we have falling apart is the last thing. I feel like we've kind of covered that. Do we really have to go more in depth on that? I feel like that's kind of what this whole show has been about. Like this team held it together and played around 500 ball for two months. And that's more than a lot of people expected them to do. And we give our hats off to them. But their two best players got hurt. The offense looks really, really rough at the present moment. They have no innings in their starting rotation. And the bullpen, outside of their back two workhorses, have slowly been regressing for weeks weeks now. So... I <laughs> I feel like, again, I don't want to be too reactionary. It's one bad series in June. I'm not trying to be skies falling. I'm not trying to say that we're going to lose 100 now. I just, I, they're going to have to prove me wrong again. Just like they did. I had this conversation back in April when they were 2-9. and nine, And they did prove me wrong for the next six weeks. It's time to do that again. You need to prove some people wrong. Because everybody is pretty much out on this team at the moment. Everyone. Okay, now that we got falling apart done on the itinerary here, if you're watching on YouTube, okay, gotta, don't fall apart, please. <laughs> last year, last year, uh, it, it fell apart in dramatic fashion. And it was July, and I wasn't even mad anymore at like games. It was like, well, this is the worst offense like I've ever seen, maybe in the history of baseball. I don't know what to tell y'all anymore. And I, I was just numb to it. I don't want to get to that point again. I don't want to get to just numb to to losing and and not being able to score any runs. You know they went one for 22 with runners in scoring position this series? The only hit with a runner in scoring position the entire series was Spencer Torkelson's two-run homer, and even that, Badu stole his way there with one strike already in the A.B. One for 22. Ain't that a... um, So... Now that we got falling apart, out of the way. All right. Um, let's talk about the one fun thing from the weekend, and that was Reese Olson. Reese Olson was absolutely electric. Uh, Friday start, he goes five innings. I think he two runs ended up being to his name. Let me get his official box score here for you. Five innings, two hits, two earned runs, one walk, six strikeouts. Uh, but when he left the game, he had not allowed any runs uh, and he had a no hitter through five innings. Then went out there in the sixth, gave up two singles to start the inning. Got pulled. Uh, Will Vest then gave up those two runs. So that that's how it, he uh, ended his outing with that box score. But his stuff was so electric. It was so electric. And and look, I, on Friday's show, I I tried to get that point across. I, I definitely came across as as like hesitant and worried because he he has a lot of command issues. He's still got to work out a lot like i'm not it was one start it was great but it was one start he has a ton of command stuff he's still got an iron out to be consistently uh able to be a a major league pitcher and scouting reports will catch up to him at some and all that but that stuff will so play it was absolutely fantastic the fastball was beautiful 96 with movement the the breaking ball was disgusting absolutely disgusting the changeup for like the first one and a half times to the lineup, I want to say. First few innings, great pitch. They started hitting a little hard later. Great pitch at the beginning as well. All of his stuff dances. It is electric. The velocity is great. He is going to be someone who has the potential to d- generate a ton of whiffs. And I'm so happy that Chris Fetter and Juan Nieves and, and, and Robin Lund are going to get their hands on this dude, really, because uh, I, I, and that's again, the, the minor league development has taken huge strides over the last two years. That's no disrespect to the staff down in Toledo because they've gotten him to where he's at so far. Uh, but I, I genuinely think Chris Fetter is one of the best in the world at his job. And, and that entire staff, again, London Nieves, in that same conversation, we we are blessed truly with, I, I, th- I don't think people realize. <laughs> all the time, how blessed we are with the the coaching staff we have in the pitching department in this baseball team and in this organization. The the names that we have been able to get good production out of over the last three years is nothing short of remarkable. And giving this staff finally a do, this coaching group finally, somebody who has stuff that dances like that, I think is super exciting. Again, a long way to go. Has so much command stuff he's got to work on. You even saw it in this outing. I think a better lineup probably tags him a little bit earlier in the game. But really, really exciting stuff. And for a weekend that was dreadful, we can at least look back and say that that was pretty darn fun. Okay, ended on a positive. So no one can call me a Debbie Downer. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every single day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We'll be back tomorrow recapping game one of the Phillies series. Don't have too much time to uh, preview it on this episode, but we'll talk about the Phillies and where they stand a little bit on tomorrow's episode. Sound good? Cool. I appreciate y'all so much. We'll get through it. Hang in there, everybody. Enjoy the weather. Uh, Weather has finally broke in the state of Michigan, the beautiful state of Michigan. Have fun. Enjoy your summer. Um, And we'll be here throughout the entire thing. Okay, peace and love, going to Therapy's Dope, and I'll catch y'all tomorrow, baby. Go Tigers.